0: Hello. It's been a while since we've uploaded on this channel, so apologies for that. The Dog Days are back. Ollie and I, we've not had a tiff. We are here. We're here to deliver more episodes. Uh, we're here to deliver more episodes than ever. We're here to give you even better episodes than before. Um, and what better what better to fulfil that promise by giving you this episode, where we interview Jonathan Augustine, who is a filmmaker living in Mumbai. He's recently released a movie called The Lift Boy, which has actually achieved global success. Netflix acquired the movie. Um, they've got fans all over the world, which is which is amazing to see. Jonathan actually went to the university, uh, sorry, Bournemouth University with myself. He was on the advertising course. I was on the marketing course. And he used to speak during his time at university about his ambition to be a filmmaker. And during that time, he used to create some short movies, which were very, very entertaining. And I remember Jonathan to be a very charismatic, energetic individual, hilarious and when I saw recently that he had achieved um, success with his movie The Lift Boy, it was inspiring for me to see that and it was a no-brainer really to get him on the Dog Days podcast. As I imagine, Jonathan was as funny as ever and it makes for a very, very great podcast. So not only was it funny and entertaining, there's a lot of life, life lessons I learned from Jonathan and his confidence and his approach to life is, yeah, it's inspiring and, it, and it's something that I... I hope to implement into my life with with my own personal endeavours 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 that's it I think I normally fail to say that wrong Uh, but two times wasn't too bad so yeah give it a listen give it a five star review tell a mate do whatever enjoy
1: this is the Dog Days with Ollie Scott Junior L Style, and Ian McKenzie these are the Dog
2: Days it's not a
1: okay wow. i believe i think that i reckon this is going to be our best one so far in terms of getting that sound right i can feel it i, agree. I can feel it all right well let's start hello hello um welcome jonathan augustine how you doing man you okay
2: hi ollie thank you so much for having me doing good it's a lovely sunny day in mumbai it's three thirty in the afternoon and looking forward to talking to you and ian how does it feel to be on the best podcast in the world Excited, Mr. Mackenzie. excited, you know? We go yeah, back a long way. We go back, <laughs> yeah. Excited, nervous, anxious, you know, it's a combination of things. It's like Dog Millionaire at the Oscars, you know?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, just, just a bit of background on this then, Jonathan, yeah. um, because I pitched this to Ollie just a couple of days ago. And, um, yeah, I, I saw recently, and it's always quite inspiring, when someone that you know in life, in any sort of form of, uh, yeah, walk of life. It has done something of merit, and I think it's I think it's safe to say that you've done something, um, you know, pretty amazing. I remember back at university, I was on the marketing course at Bournemouth. I think you were studying advertising. Yeah.
2: advertising, advertising, and marketing. Yeah, but we specialize in advertising. Yeah, and you were a very,
0: very distinguishable character in Bournemouth because you were always wearing very bright coloured uh suits or ties you also had a union jack um, oh yes yes
2: yes i have a i i still have it and the funny thing is, i was going to wear a shirt and tie for this uh the union jack tie but i'm like okay let me just play it down let yeah. me just wear a black t-shirt you know and go a bit, a bit zen now let me let me
0: just
2: so yeah your your union jack um what do you call that a
0: waistcoat i had union a waistcoat, waistcoat i had the
2: tie i had the pocket square i had a nice <laughs> Union jack blazer as well which i was not wearing I had ten pairs of Union Jack socks, which I still wear on a daily basis because I, buy, I do Did my shopping. Did you go to
1: one of those stores on Oxford Street? You know when they're selling those socks?
2: That's exactly where I got it from. You know, and and, 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 I'm, and I love the Union Jack. I think it's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's an amazing color palette, you know. And I wear it with pride, even though I'm not British. I just you know, it just makes me integrate seamlessly. And the funny thing is, when I go to London to these offices, ITV, BBC, and I used to go flashing the Union Jack tie and the waistcoat and the socks <laughs> and the pocket square. I used to stick out like a sore thumb. But I used to integrate, you know, people would just welcome me in. Peacocking. Yeah, peacocking, peacocking, you know. You did peacocking
0: before anyone else knew what it was. Before <laughs> <laughs> anyone read the game. What's,
1: what, what's mental? I think I saw it, and just bringing this to context, you sold a film to Netflix, by the way, which yeah. is a, yeah. it's, it's not a small feat. But I noticed even in that film... There was, a, there was definitely the appearance of some sort of Union Jack tie, I think. Am I right? That's my tie. That's my that tie. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's my tie and the, okay. the, 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 the Lip Boy's best friend. You know, we, we went for a Laurel and Hardy chemistry there, Laurel and Hardy framing. So if you look yeah. at the, the Lip Boy, skinny and the best friend's like really huge in size. He's 180 kilos. He's big, you know. and uh, So yeah, I gave him a Union Jack tie because to, just to give it some subtext, because he's a bit, uh, the friend is, uh, he's a good friend. He's a good lad. You know, he's like, everyone would love to have a friend like Sean Lobo. And uh, the idea was to show that, you know, he's, he's worked in this, he works in an IT company and he probably traveled abroad. And that was the subtext behind it.
0: You know, he's, he's, he's but this. just, yeah. So, yeah, obviously Oli, Oli Ollie, um, had mentioned that. So you've recently got a feature film on Netflix, an Indian feature film, but yeah. just, just casting back to university, as I remember you, as well as your eccentric, your dress sense, uh, you're also putting out a few sort of funny short films on, on yeah. Facebook. And, and I think YouTube, that's, yeah. it's. Admirable back then in Bournemouth. If I think of that as a university. It was quite a uh, quite a judgy sort of university. Quite well, I, it was all kind of about parting well, from what I remember. And then there you were, kind of making your uh, yeah your short films. And one of them in particular was really really funny. I still remember the line. Uh, from the Johnny Brands one, everything I touch turns to salt. Oh yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that line. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I used yeah. to joke. I used to say it to my mates, but you but said it, that to but, me for a long time. Was that from? Was that from?
1: That was from Johnny. Yeah, that's Brands. from Johnny
0: Brands. You that's it from Mister Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Um but yeah they they always stuck and I think you as a character always stuck so when a couple of uh, I I've always been aware of you in the background on Facebook like saying that you were making a film and it always sort of hit my subconscious yeah. um but then obviously yeah. now you've sort of made it somewhat I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm here to talk to you now um but yeah we saw recently the lift boy made it to Netflix how, how was that process how did you go from uh, an advertising degree to, to, you know, six years later, we, we said at the start of this call, um, being on the Dog Days podcast.
2: So I'll, I'll tell you, the journey started when I was 10 years old. I watched Rocky and I always knew I'm going to make movies. I think at university as well, even though I was studying advertising, I was very clear I'm going to become a motion picture director producer and the writing just happened organically but my whole kick was i'm going to become a motion picture director director producer and i'm going to make universal films so films that maybe set in india or maybe set in london but with universal appeal you know which is perfect for a platform like netflix or any other platform which which streams universally so i finished university right i came back to mumbai in 2015. i did stick around london for for a bit but i wasn't able to make movies i could i did try to get into Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, uh, they have a company called uh, Big Talk. You know, I did try to get into the, the, that company, but there was not, no work happening at that point. You know, the commissioning cycle was six months away and I just couldn't be sitting around. I took up a job in sales, but I wasn't really happy. I wanted to make movies. Right? My whole thing was very clear. I have to make movies. The reason I studied an advertising course was uh, to get holistic to get a holistic approach to life and, 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 and everything, to filmmaking, storytelling. And, you know, if you remember, when we did our course, we we had elements of psychology, sociology, we studied a bit of Karl Marx. At least I studied a bit of Karl Marx because I was interacting with a professor called David Alder, you know, who would taught us advertising oh, and yeah. society and I think creativity as well. And David and I got along very well because he was obsessed with Confucius and he was obsessed with Zen and some Buddha and Karl Marx and Aristotle and van Gogh and the work of Michelangelo so I've always been fascinated by art right and uh, so just
0: on that David Order well I know you're mid sort of monologue there I remember David Alder as a lecturer in one of his lectures he put up about 10 pieces of like art yeah. and then we had to basically say is it art or arse and we had to <laughs> that, that was his kind of lecturing style yeah so Ass, art. <laughs> I think he put the the, the shark. You know the Damien Hirst shark um, in the tank. I remember yeah. him specifically putting it up and saying, "I think it's arse. Do you think this is art? <laughs> this is amazing, though. So this guy was—he um, was using.
1: Because I love that it's it's philosophy, right? He's, yeah. he's sort of weaving philosophy into what is advertising and marketing. And I yeah. think, I mean, that's that's amazing in itself because it can definitely the art gets lost in advertising it definitely has done now if you yeah. look at how it's happening you know social media pay social it's just like bomb, ad in your face there's really not a lot of art going into
2: it <laughs> sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah. Oh, sorry go on yeah so yeah th- that was the whole idea so the reason i picked that course was to you know, get a holistic approach towards life and i was very clear i'm not going to go to film school that was something i was very clear about because one was i just thought i'd become too narrow-minded And then I I interacted with a lot of people. The the very fact that I'm on this podcast is because Ian and I were were in the same course. We were on the same course. We were studying, Ian was studying marketing. I was studying advertising. We had similar modules, similar lectures, and we used to meet. After university, I did try to integrate into into the, the, the movie business in the UK, but it was difficult. I had my own sitcom, Johnny Brands. That wasn't getting greenlit at that point. Uh, maybe it'll get greenlit now because now I have a very very good with Channel Four. Channel Four acquired my movie for the UK. Channel Four UK acquired the Lift Boy for their for their channel. So, yeah, maybe oh, maybe maybe a year from now, you know, you you might just see Johnny Brands on some some UK <laughs> channel. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so then I come back to Mumbai, and then uh, I started working as an assistant director in uh, in television in India, and we did a show called Once More with Javed Jaffrey for a. Or a history, so history-based channel, so think of it as a, a startup BBC. Uh, there was this channel called Epic TV in Mumbai, and I I got lucky to integrate get in, integrated into that ecosystem. Uh, but then I had this encounter with a lift boy in Mumbai, you know, and I just thought this is perfect. Let me just make a movie called The Lift Boy, and I can give it the metaphor for life. You know, life is like a lift. Sometimes it takes you up, and sometimes it takes you down, depending on the buttons you press, aka choices you make. So push the so push the right buttons. So that was the whole subtext of the movie you know and the ethos of wow, the so but this comes you know yeah, sorry gone.
1: no I was going to quickly say so we just quickly got to the concept and the idea because I think that was I mean uh, it almost sounded like that happened really really quickly for you did it was it a thing that sort of formed in your head did you imagine how it would look would it be filmed it did a bit, happen quickly so I'll
2: tell you what it, it, it was very slow it was a long process see I'll tell you what my entire journey has been a process of constant failure the only mm. thing I've done is I've failed forward that's the only thing I've done very well even today I'm failing but I am failing forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, like that, that's how it, even the Netflix deal happened by failing forward. You know, it just it, you know, it just but, but, but I, I was at it, you know, every day from morning to evening. I was focused on my craft, on my goal, on the goal. I could see the goalpost every day. So if you ask me, like, you know, I've been trying to make a movie since I've been 16, 17, like a proper studio movie. Right. It never happened. I, when I was 19 in the UK, I picked up the phone and I called up a guy called James Ivory, the co-founder of Merchant Ivory Productions. And he was also the writer on Call Me By Your Name. He's an Oscar-winning writer. I was 19 years old. I picked up the phone and I called him. I said, uh, Mr. James Ivory, my name is Jonathan prince Augustine. I'm a motion picture director based in the UK. I'm making a movie called Merchant. You know, the story of Ismail Merchant, your, your producing partner and life partner. And it would be lovely to have you on board as a writer. And he's like, what have you done before? I'm like, this is my first motion picture. And he's like, you know, call me <laughs> back after you've done something. You know? <laughs> you know, you know? So, so that was like, you know, it, it gave me... It made me think, OK, I got to do something with myself. And then I came back to India in 2015. I met the founder of Epic TV, the channel I was talking to you about, with whom I was doing work for. And I pitched to him Ramayan, which is like Indian mythology. Uh, he had raised a shitload of money from you know, Indian billionaires. Mm-hmm. And I pitched to him Ramayan and I said, I want to make this in English. And I want to give it a very Baz Vermin meets Peter Jackson feel. And he told me, Jonathan, be Jonathan. You don't have to be Baz Luhrmann. You don't have to be Peter Jackson. There's already, which is true, there's already a Peter Jackson in New Zealand, right? You don't need one more Peter Jackson. You don't need one more Baz Luhrmann. They're, they're there. You've got to have your own identity. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that kind of made me understand that i got to find my own voice. You know, that was important. With that,
0: what is Jonathan Augustine then in, in the movie industry? What sort of. Films I think do Augustin, you Jonathan Augustine, it's one
2: word. It's one word. It's hope. It's hope. H O P, one word. It's hope. It's about hope, you know, it's just about hope. I mean that's what Jonathan's a go. It's about, he's, he's, it's about hope. It's about having a dream, but the main word, one word, if you ask me, is hope. And the color would be yellow, you know, because in *Lift 4*, you'll probably see a lot of yellow. There's a joke going around yeah, yeah. within my within my colleague circle that if Jonathan directed *La Casa de Papel*, that's *Money Heist*, the the jumpers would be what color? <laughs> and everyone's like yellow, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: It's funny, just on that hope thing, um, I'm reading a book at the moment called The Alchemist. I don't know if you know Paul Coelho. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, literally, the book is called... uh, Well, sorry, the, the line is why you should always follow your dreams. And, I mean, it's gone down amazingly, right? And, and similarly, his story is really similar, where it's like, he wrote the book, it, it did so badly, and then yeah. something happened 10 years later, it's like one of the best-selling books in the world. And the whole thing is about never giving up on your dreams. And I think, I don't know, if there was a book about Jonathan Augustine, that would be The Alchemist almost. Why do you bring that to the motion picture?
2: <laughs> so I'll tell you what. So now, I, I had this encounter with this Lyft boy on 4th March 2015, at a day off. I go to the shopping mall, right? I enter a lift. So in Bombay, lift boy is a real concept. There are boys who work as lift boys, elevator operators, because we have a surplus population. Plus these lift boys also serve as, you know, this, the, the additional layer of security. If they're in a residential building, they'll also do some odd jobs, like you know, picking up your dry cleaning or buying you eggs and bread from the corner shops. I go to the shopping mall. I park my vehicle, I enter the lift. Uh, there's a lift boy sitting there and he's keeping the lift on hold, right? And he keeps the lift on hold for about a minute, two minutes, and then we go on because some people are walking in. Then we go on to the next floor. A guy on the next floor walks in and he starts shouting at his lift boy. He's he's you know, he 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 sweared once or twice and he yelled at him. And this lift boy, a skinny lanky guy, you know, he doesn't react at all, With a lot of warmth in his eyes and a very flat expression. He looks at him and says, Sir, massive button out." Exact translation, Sir, I only press buttons. <laughs> and at that point, there was no epiphany moment. There was no epiphany. Yeah, I, I moved on. I continued walking. I went. I watched my movie. I came back. And I said, you know what? Let me make... I think there was, there's a lift boy in me as well because, you know, life has been like a lift. You know, I've been stuck at places I've been doing, I I never wanted to work in sales. I had to take up a sales job just to, you know, make ends meet in the UK because rent is expensive in England, you know, and food is expensive. And if you go to Greg's to buy a pasty, that's expensive. Everything's expensive in the UK, right? You know, and if you go on a bender, that's expensive. Everything costs money in the UK. And, <laughs> that's the most
1: expensive part, John. That's the most
2: expensive, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So you know, English tea is expensive. You know, Victoria sponge cake is the exp- angel cake is expensive. Everything's expensive in the UK. Yeah, just staying in the UK is expensive. Just walking around <laughs> your, London. Your
0: English dress sense. Your English dress sense was very expensive. Yeah. To oh be yeah, fair. That, that, you were that was around expensive. town in a Union Jack.
2: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I just you know, so uh, I, I the first thing I did was I wrote this word on the paper called the lift boy. I wrote the title. Right, and one thing advertising. Talk, if you know, if you look at Steve Jobs, you can never connect the dots moving forward. You can only connect the dots moving backward. And now I can connect all the dots very well because one thing advertising did help me to do is, you know, all the lectures we had with Cliff and David. As I think one is think laterally, but also you know think, uh, see the big picture. So getting the title right you know, packaging the film. Like, a lot of people are writing to me and saying, hey, Jonathan, we found your film on Netflix and we watched it because the title incre- intrigued us. You know, the title's quite catchy, The Lift Boy. You wonder, like, what is The Lift mm. Boy, right? So, I think that's... That's a first really, point. I think a really title... interesting point on that,
1: because I, I, that's so true. If you look at any any successful advertising campaign, it will be called oh, yeah. the Think Different advertising campaign. Yeah. And, I, and actually, it made it really yeah. easy to watch and also find, it sounds ridiculous, but... There's something in that, you know, some of the most successful Hollywood movies are so descriptive in their title. It's like Snakes on a Plane, a bad example, but, you know, <laughs> it's, I like that. Yeah. I like <laughs> that how you've applied
0: advertising to that.
2: Like that? Oh, the taxi think, driver. Uh, the taxi
0: driver. Do you think mm-hmm. um, we kind of, I'm not, yeah, not sure where we are at the moment, but I was just, I was just thinking um, with Parasite. You know yeah. that explosion. Yes, so that being a career movie. Do you think that started to help cause and pave the way for films like yourself and directors like yourself, who are obviously come, coming from another country? Um, and I'd say traditionally, I'm, I'm, you'd know better than me how how far Western culture has adopted um, like Bollywood movies. Would you Would you classify yours as a hmm. Bollywood movie? Would you classify your... It's your an Indian film, film. It's
2: an Indian film. It's, yeah, it, it is a Bollywood film because I, I work in Mumbai and I, I'm based in Bollywood. So, I, you know, I, technically i become a Bollywood director. But I'm just mm-hmm. a filmmaker, right? I, you Give me a film, I can shoot a film in the UK. I can shoot a film in China. It's, a, it's all about emotions and story and narrative. And, and that's universal. If you ask me, what does every parent care about? They want the best for their children. And, and my film portrays that. Like, The Lift Boy is doing very well in Latin America, you know? And I've been getting emails from Latin America... Very and yeah, 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 and you know, and there's a guy who wants to remake the movie for for Latin America, and uh, we might be doing that. Let's see, you know, because I, I won't be directing it, but there's some someone else will be directing it, but I might be involved in it uh, as an ex- executive amazing. producer. So-
0: with those conversations with Netflix, how, how long have they actually been? And, and, and I guess my question was, with, with movies like Parasite, paving the way for, yeah. for international movies, I've actually become a lot more adaptable to international movies as well. There's yeah. some really, really good ones. Um, what were those conversations like with Netflix? Has it been like a couple of years in, in the running? Or no, was it was a conversation just hour, this year? half
2: an hour. Half an hour of half conversation. An hour. Yeah, yeah. All via email. Yeah, Because, see, I'll tell you what. The movie, The Lift Boy got made. We released in Indian theatres. Uh, 18 Jan 2019, okay? We released in India. We did a limited edition theatrical release. You know, we sold about 15,200 tickets, right? And I know the number very well because I was also the producer on the film. So my numbers are fairly decent. Uh, then we released in UAE, that is Dubai and Sharjah and Abu Dhabi, uh, 18th April 2019. We went theaters for two weeks out there. The film did very well there. Then we moved on and released in Taiwan on 2nd August 2019. We went theaters for three weeks there. And Taiwan, the response was amazing, you know. People were loving the movie in Taiwan. Then Channel 4 comes in and acquires the movie for the UK. So they picked up a UK TV rights, television rights. Then we were uh, we got picked up by airlines. So the film was playing on China Airlines. It got picked up by Kate, Etihad, Malaysia Airlines. Right, then uh, we, we, we still, we're still going to be doing more airlines. It's just that we're just waiting for the pandemic to get over because now airlines are not buying anything. They're not even flying. Sure, yeah. So the last thing I can do is I expect them to buy a movie at this point because they're not flying. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we also went a couple of film festivals. We premiered at the London Indian Film Festival. And all these festivals were organic, right? They reached us, we didn't go to them. Like, we didn't apply to Sundance, we didn't apply to Berlin, we didn't apply to Cannes because we knew the film is not a Cannes film, it's not a film for Berlin or Sundance, it's not edgy enough, right? And it's very important that you're self aware in this whole process. Mm. And uh, yeah, and you know, and if you look at the entire journey of the Lift Boy, it's been like we've you know, we've gone a bit like Gordon Gecko meets Jerry Maguire on it, you know. We've gone, we've been at it, we've been passionately pitching it, we have been asking people to show us the money, and they have shown us the money. Right. we uh, have also worked like investment bankers, like we know, okay, this film doesn't have the um, budget to do aggressive marketing and PNA. Like if a Disney came on board and said, hey, Jonathan, we'll pick up your movie and we'll give it a worldwide release, it's a different ballgame. They're you know, they simultaneously release in multiple countries, you know, it, it can come in the league of, say, Queen of Cartway meets uh, the Million Dollar Arm, the John Hamm Disney film. Mm. But we had no Disney muscle, so we have to go territory by territory, you know, and release the film. We were scheduled to release in South Africa, North America, France, uh, and Singapore, June 2020, and this pandemic comes in, right? So our plan was to release on a platform, that is like a digital premiere, uh, December 2020. But you know the pandemic comes in, we didn't see theatrical releases happening anywhere. Even South Africa, the film's doing very well, but I, you know, uh, on Netflix. But I didn't see a the- theatrical release happening. So, yeah, we just literally you know, reached out to Netflix and Netflix knew of the movie because it's, it's been going around and people talk about it, you know. So they knew of the movie. So, that, you know, we just pushed it to Netflix and literally like in, in half an hour, we closed. And uh, in April, April 20, wow. the first week of April is when Netflix, uh, you know, picked up the movie. And then twenty uh, seventh April 2020, that's, mm-hmm. last, that's last month, is when the film premiered on Netflix worldwide in 190 countries. 183 million subscribers, so it's everywhere Christ. except China.
0: What was, uh, what's that feeling when you see when you go on to Netflix.com and then you look at your your movie on there? What, what how does that feel?
2: Yeah, it feels good, it feels good, you know. For me, it was, it was see the, at the start of the journey, right? I kind of envisioned that. So, if you ask me, uh, is this something you wanted and desired? Absolutely, you know, even when I wrote that title on that piece of paper, I had that diary somewhere, it's a crappy scrappy piece of paper, you know. Uh, I scribbled the title I'm like this movie is going to be on Netflix I manifested that that was a dream and desire right and I think it ha- it, it worked out but it was a long journey if you look at it from, from Jan 2019 I've been releasing the film in scattered manner and this happened in April 2020 so you gotta have patience and that's something education does not mm. teach us University does, like, you know if you, like kudos like whatever I've, whatever I've been able to achieve so far a lot of it goes to my experience in the UK studying advertising and marketing putting all those skills together putting the you know How do you pitch your movie to a platform? How do you sell your film in three lines, right? When the person opens that email, when he looks at your subject line, he should want to click on that link. He should want to buy your movie. You know, even people who have told me, Jonathan, the film is not that good. I have sold my movie to them and they've paid me money for it because it's, yeah, yeah. Because when someone tells me, John, the film's not, you know, it's okay. I'm like, how much will you pay me for it? And they'll, they'll you know, and, and they're like, and, and they wonder, like, you know, like, you're the director. Don't you feel bad? I'm like, fuck, no, I don't feel bad. I'm a producer right now. I don't give a fuck. Whether you like it, you don't like it. It doesn't fucking matter. Right. How much are you going to pay me for it? Right and yeah, so yeah, that, that's Everything happened only once. Everything
1: I touch to sold is ringing in my ears as he says that.
2: <laughs> but but that's happened only once. That only happened only once. And I, I and later on the guy told me, you know what, Jonathan, I was just rattling you to, to get a better price. And I'm like, I knew that, so I didn't really bother. But I even if you, that.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I kind of what I really enjoy about this is the is the. I wasn't expecting to learn that there's almost a bit of um, there's philosophy throughout all of this, and there's a kind of stoic mindset that you've taken to it being like, look, I'm going to go through struggles in this process, but I know it's just part of the journey because my desire and belief is so strong because yeah. I want to get this thing onto yeah. Netflix or whatever. What, what, does it, okay, what happens now? You know, Was Netflix the goal? Have you achieved it? Is there something beyond Netflix now with just the Lift Boy that you want to achieve? Or are you going... Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, so we're working on China. China. So the next movie is ready.
2: It's called Ward Boy Manu Voodoo. Think of it, it's the story of India's leading paranormal investigator, and it's his, his trials and tribulations. So think of it as India's Indiana Jones for adventure horror. That's something I'm really working on. The script is ready. We are looking at going into pre-production sometime, end of this end of this year, and then we'll probably shoot early next year. Because of the lockdown pandemic, we can't shoot. All shootings are on hold right now. So that's going to be like a bigger film. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be in Hindi. It's going to be a local language film. But it's going mm-hmm. to be universal. Again, it will have themes of hope and optimism and love and compassion. All the subtext will be there. So that's something wow. and, exciting. And does, and does
1: the process get easier now? Do you then go, okay, I know what to do with this, or is it because it's a different movie? It's not going to be any, you know, what happens now?
2: You know, Oli, let me tell you something. It does not get easier. It's it's even more difficult because each film is different. Each film's a company. Yeah. Think of it as starting a new company. Each film's a new enterprise, right? And you're mm-hmm. always starting ground up. So no matter how experienced you are. You're always starting at the bottom, and again, you've got to figure it out. Again, you've got to make it happen. You'll have different problems. You know, it's it's a new journey. It's a new journey. So if you ask me, like, uh, it's like, yeah, you're you're like an entrepreneur, and you're doing each time you finish a movie. Like with The Lift Boy, uh, we, we're releasing the film in Poland right now, in the next few months. It's going to release in theaters, but virtually, virtual theater. So it's called Premium BOD. Since theaters are shut around the world, it's going to release in Poland, and then it's going to go on, on television there. So that's happening. So LiftBoy work is constantly happening. I mean, right now, uh, we're getting a lot of calls from buyers to buy the LiftBoy for satellite from from South Africa, from Brazil, from North America. And another interesting thing on the LiftBoy is I've been working on China for the past one year. So finally, something good is happening with China and we are going to release uh, in China sometime this year. So we're going to go Why is that? A,
1: why is that such a big? Is it because the sheer mass or? Uh,
2: it's for the mass, you know. I I think it's it's for the, the, the Odyssey. I love theaters. For me, if you ask me, the epitome of success or the definition of success is when you release a movie like the Walt Disney Company, right? This film, I, I couldn't do that. So if you ask me, was the lift boy a success? Yeah, it's okay, and you know, it's fine. I can live with it. But am I happy? Am I content? No, I'm miserable, you know. And <laughs> and, and that's what keep, that, that's what keeps me going. Right? Because if I get happy and content, I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll get lazy. So you know, with China, I'm really keen. So China, we're doing a, a, an online release, like a digital release on a Chinese platform. So China has their own version of Netflix and Amazon. So we'll be doing that. But in addition to that, we're also doing a theatrical in China. So that's going to happen sometime this year. That's exciting. That's and if that you have really a, cool. Do you that's think really you've
0: cool. got any, um, like, learnings from, from the Lift Boy that you're going to apply to all movies? Or do you think that, like, do you feel you, like you have a formula of success?
2: Uh, Ian, I wish I had that, but no, no, there's no formula, you know, there's just one thing that, be, be, it, it has to be one person's vision, right, so, uh, like, if I were producing a movie, which I'm, which I'm, I'm doing right now, I'm helping a filmmaker put his movie together, I'm very clear, I just have a reflective conversation with the filmmaker, and I just tell him, make the movie you want to make, don't try to please me, don't try to, because you know what, you're the first audience, as a movie maker, as a storyteller, if you are not happy with your product, it won't sell, no one's going to buy it, right, like, for the Lift Boy, I was my audience. I don't give a fuck about anyone else. I didn't think about consumer insight or, you know, focus groups or in-depth interviews. After I finished my edit, I did do, like, uh, in-depth screenings where I basically called three or four people, I made them watch the film, and then I kind of trimmed down the film a bit. But still, I made the film I wanted to make. Like, I didn't really go the, you know, insight-driven route, you know, insight, or strategy-driven mm-hmm. route for that. So there's no formula. Just make the film, make the story you're obsessed with, not passionate about, obsessed with you got to be obsessed with it, right? And mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people go with passion, I think passion is, yeah, it's for pussies, dude. Like, be obsessed with something. <laughs> like, you, you, you can't, you can't, yeah, yeah. If passion's a very weird word. A lot of people say, I'm passionate about acting. Are you, you know, if you're passionate, like I'm passionate about, about uh, being a movie star, but I can't be a movie star because I weigh 150 kilos, right? And I'm, I'm like a panda. So maybe I could, I could do Kung Fu Panda. You know, if they have a live action version of Kung Fu Panda, I'll probably do that. But I can't be like a Tom Cruise, you know, standing <laughs> and waving out to people. No, that's not going to happen, right? But, but, uh, so, so, you know, uh, oh, but Jesus unless Christ. I'm obsessed with being a movie star, then I'm going to lose mm. weight. Uh, I'm going to trim yeah. the beard. Yeah, I yeah. won't look like this. You know, I'll set, get my hair sorted out, right? And then I'll work on that. So yeah, find something you're obsessed with. Even if you have an idea, be obsessed with it and then see yeah. it through no matter what and be, be true to yourself. Like, don't try to I please I love that. Yeah. If, you keep, if you're going to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one.
1: You know, a lot of I, trust comes with that with the filmmaker, with you saying, you know, look, make the movie you want to make. Yeah. He, he, from your side, you've really got to trust and believe that they're gonna be good enough. Because yeah, yeah, you could get yeah. a really shit person making something that he loves and being like, What the fuck is that?
2: So the filmmaker <laughs> I'm working with now, you know, he, he's he's a lovely guy, he's made a short film and I saw a short film, it was very nice. And now he's making another film, but he's changing the language of the movie. And I asked him, Why are you doing that? And he's like, I want to please a wider audience. I'm like, Fuck mm. the wider audience, dude. We'll find your audience, a parasite. It's a Korean film, right? And you guys have watched it because the film is good, right? And yeah. then, you know, Hollywood saw the film. It's an Oscar winning film, you know. It, it'll find its audience. Good products will always find their audience, right?
1: It's the same uh, as Money Heist yeah. as well. These things, um, don't Money forget heist, now, yeah. I, I kind of feel like there's going to be a, just a weird amount of um, local uh do you know what i think money heist has done really well in this time as well in the pandemic because it's almost like our little flight to spain you know we can't go and see it ourselves so it's yeah. a quicker insight and i think there's deeper insecurity now around the world sorry deeper um what's the word uh uh intrigue around the world because you yeah. can't go there so anything that is subtitled at the moment is quite nice it's a little yeah. bit exotic
0: yeah <laughs> we, we've also have to your point jonathan yeah. with money heist yeah All my friends said the same thing. Don't watch the dub version because it's absolute trash. Watch the local version because you get a real insight into like Spanish culture true, like, true. I didn't realise how descriptive and how amazing they use the language it's yeah. like I can't remember the phrases Ollie you can always remember There's that one, one
1: what was it it was, it was something like uh, he, he, nothing will ever beat him he's like a cork in the sea you will never, never sink and it's like it was, there was one it was like three words to say that
0: but like <laughs> English people don't speak like that do they we don't really we're not that exciting or descriptive of our language And I we, think we I might think... be like your
1: eyes are like the tree bark the brown
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what but I, I think each cult, culture is unique I think the fact that you guys are British, you probably don't cherish British culture as much or British content as much. You don't find it as exotic because you'll see it every day. Like if you ask me when I came to the UK and I saw Only Fools and Horses, I fell in love with that. <laughs> you know, This is amazing. You know, then I saw The Office with David Brent in it and I'm like, I'd seen The American Office before and after watching The UK Office, I'm like, you know what, The UK Office is better because I found that exotic, right? I just found it very nice. I,
0: guess, I think it, you could definitely do a reboot in uh, <laughs> India of Only Fools and Horses and you could be the main I could be the could Del Boy yeah, you yeah. could
1: definitely <laughs> oh, be oh yeah part. well I mean, you've got Chabadi G for that now these are the UK Del boy, really isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I can imagine you, though, sure. sitting in your Union Jack waistcoat trying to flog, I don't know, something, some films, maybe, <laughs> films. <laughs> We've done it. We've made the million. Yeah. So what's next then, man? So you want to, obviously, it must be quite weird. You've got the kind of the sales cycle, as it were, yeah. of the Lift Boy is now towards the end. Yeah. You've got the new one in the pipeline. Yeah. Does it, do you then do the same process? Is that now going to swallow a lot of your time?
2: Yeah. So the next one, again, is starting ground up. You know, you've got to, is, the script is ready. Now I have to break right. down the script. I've got to get the money for it. It's an expensive film. It's a $5 million movie. So, wow. you know, it's an expensive movie. And the first one I put yeah. What does that mean, by the way? So the, the big you,
1: bucks now. Who's giving you $5 million then? So how so does that
2: You've got out? to work with the studios. You basically, so I'll tell you what, by $5 million, I mean it's, it's $3 million to make the movie, another $2 million to release the film and the release is only in india because india is a big country we got 1.3 billion people so to tap and reach into all those theaters and you know get their create awareness you need two million dollars and that's like bare minimum and this is cheap movie making yeah this is not expensive filmmaking this is not like it's it's fairly frugal so right okay to raise the three million dollars so uh in terms of releasing the movie i've already got people interested who want to work with me so the the, the remaining two million dollars the last two million dollars uh, they will somehow come through, you know, uh, that's not the worry, right now the, the the main primary focus is to get the $3 million production budget together, so for this we'll be working with the studio, so one of the big studios, uh, they'll be coming on board and, you know, financing the movie. What's the biggest so,
1: fear at this point, <clears throat> what are you scared of, what, is there anything that can go wrong?
2: Yeah, like, you know, if, I, if I, I should, my biggest fear is I shouldn't get corrupted by the commerce of the, of the craft, you know, because when you work with a studio, they're going to tell you to get a known face. And I want to cast a new face because, you know, we're looking at making India's Indiana Jones, right? And when I, when I put that actor on screen, I don't want any preconceived notion about that actor. Mm. I want you to see Manu Voodoo, India's leading paranormal investigator, India's Indiana Jones. I say Indias, Indiana Jones just to make it more universal. So when I go to the studios, again, that's when advertising comes in play, right? How do you yes. pitch your film? Imagine, Indias, Indiana Jones. And they're like, oh, yeah. oh man, Indiana Jones, <laughs> Indiana Jones. They all get wet out there, you know? And then and then you go make the movie you want. You, know? you, just, you make it your own way. You localize it, but,
0: uh, yeah. That's, that seems to be your touch, though, because I listened, as well as watching the movie, I also looked at a radio um, interview you did, and you mentioned that point about the... Uh, so the elderly lady in, in your film, mm. um, she was obviously, I think you said that you've, you picked her up in a mall, yeah. not like picked her up as in chatted <laughs> yeah. her up, but you... Uh, Johnny, you, Jesus. Yeah, you, you, uh, she wasn't an actress before, you yeah. just gave her the role. So that's that is that the touch of Jonathan Augustine? Is that yeah. how you're... Unpredictable,
2: you're to... you know, and just finding something new, something fresh, you know. And, and that's what people want, right? I mean, I, mean, I do it very frugally and you know, I'm, I'm a very frugal filmmaker you know because mm-hmm. i didn't grow up in money i grew up in in in, in limited resources my mom was a school teacher there was a working class guy you know i grew up in a 400 square feet one bedroom kitchen where there was one television you know so there, there was there were limitations now you know it's comfortable life is good but so you know i i, I always remember that so you know anytime i get too pompous or too cocky, I'd be like, you know, remember where you started, Jonathan, you know, mm. and uh, like the film going on Netflix and, you know, being appreciated. And I think uh, it, it, it's been, it's been showcased to 183 million people across the world. I think even if there's like 10 or even 1% of that watches it, it's amazing. Right. But I, I don't think about all that. I always think about the fact that we did a, a, lim, a limited theatrical release in India and only 15,200 people watched it, you know, and I'm like, Remember that, Jonathan. You really struggled to get those 15,200 bums on seat in the theatre, mm. right? And it's so always how, going how, to be... it, how has this
0: movie progressed your actors' lives then, or your actresses' lives? What, what's the impact been on their lives since, so since you casted the them?
2: Actors, yeah, they're doing like the, the, the female lead, Naila Masood, the lady who plays Maureen D'Souza. She's a, she was a non-actor. We cast her, we trained her, you know, and she's doing really well now. Uh, people are not able to believe that she's a non-actor because that's the amount of time we spend rehearsing. You know, wow. and, and working with them. So she's getting, she's going to get a lot of work. Once the lockdown opens up, she's going to get TV commercials, web series. She's already signed four or five projects, so that's pretty good. My lead actor is, uh, he's signed one film now and he's he's got more work in the pipeline. So I think their careers are really going to shoot off, you know, because uh, people are do you to Do film. you feel
1: happy about that? It's almost a little bit like you're the messiah. Everyone's got to sort of buy into your dream and vision. You sort of sell it to them, and they go, fuck it, yeah. And now, I guess now casting. You can say you've done it before now. I guess the the, the ease in, in the next film is you say, "Look what I did with these people's lives," um, all from the power of, of the cell of advertising. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I, I'll tell you what. I it's not me. It's the universe. I'm just a cheerleader and orchestrator and conductor. You know, I, I, I just got lucky. You know, a, a lot of these things. You know, it, 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 you know, I can. You know, it, it, it's very. Pomp- it'll be very arrogant and pompous of me to take credit for it because I did not do anything. I mean, I just mm. followed what I had in mind, and we just got lucky, you know. And, and I'm sure a lot of filmmakers out there work really hard, but they don't see the same thing. I was lucky; the universe, you know, confided in 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 the in the vision and the journey, and you know, God confided. It's a lot of things. You know? These these things are not in our hand. It's just that. So, uh, and and with regard to the actors getting you know, successful and getting work, I feel very happy. And people who work with me, you know what? Well, the best thing when I go to bed at night is when I when when I when when I sleep and I'm like you know what everyone who's worked with me has moved forward, it's amazing, it's just it just makes me happy mm-hmm. when I see people who work with me progress and do well. It just gives me a massive sense of fulfillment, more than the money, more than the eyeballs, more than getting emails from people uh, regarding the lift boy. Like a girl wrote to me the other day, uh, she, she she doesn't work with me, just a random girl. I think she's from South Africa. Uh, she's she's suffering from cancer. And she sent me a lovely note saying that I watched the Lyft boy, and you know it, it got me to tears, and you know it's given me hope, and I love that. You know that that's like that's wow. something money can't buy, right? And you know that's that's very sweet, you know. So it, it's wow, yeah. That's nice. so that's with um that's yeah, amazing.
0: That's, man. that's yeah. That's also I imagine also yeah in. Um, like having you—you've obviously experienced life in England. As, yes. Is my connection really messed up here, or is it right? No, it's fine. I can it's good, hear it's like, good. I can hear you loud and you, clear. You've experienced, yeah, yeah li- life in England yeah. as well as life in India. Yeah. So it—it's um, it what what kind of what I wonder about you, Jonathan, is will you always be satisfied making movies in India, or is there going to be you know an inner desire to re- return to England and and try and produce you know like you said, Johnny Brands in oh, yeah. England, and and come back here with a bang.
2: Uh, You know, that dream is always there. BBC One, you know, i have been obsessed with BBC One. And, you know, I I don't know. I I just want that kind of validation just to be on BBC One. You know, even if it's one season, right, uh, it's there. Because I think uh, India and England go back a a long way, right? Right from the colonial times, you know, the British rule India. And I think, uh, 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 so yeah, so, uh, so every time, like, I miss England. Every time I come to England, it just feels like home. You know, like when I walk mm. down the street, when you're just, just roaming around, you know, just just like I mean, we spent time in Bournemouth, just going, going to Greg's or going to Subway, having a foot long sandwich, <laughs> meatball sandwich, you know, having an English breakfast. So, yeah, the dream is there to come back to the UK. But the idea is to find the right story. It shouldn't be corrupted by commerce yeah. or by the desire to be on BBC One. The story should be perfect, the script should be good, and it's something I need to be obsessed with. Right, my next film. I can't bring that to the UK. Like, it, it might come mm. there in theaters and on a platform, but I can't take it. I'm, I'm going to make the story of India's leading paranormal investigator in the UK. That's not going to happen, right? Mm. It can't be corrupted by 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 uh, delusions of grandeur. You know, you have We've to got be... a title I wonder for if you, it would,
1: I wonder if it would come actually. It. Oh wait, what's the title? The Dog Days. The, the Slum do, Dog the Days. days. Yeah. <laughs> the Dog Days. Dog Days. Dog Days. The
2: dog Days. Yeah, yeah. But I have a film Ooh. called Kidnapping Logie Bray. You know, it's a nice film set in Bournemouth which I've written back when I was at university when we were studying there. So maybe I want to come back one day and shoot that, you know, in Bournemouth, cast local actors, mm. cast unknown actors, you know, and just, just make <laughs> Mr. Mackenzie Lovely, 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 yeah, lovely, I want a
0: cameo, I want a cameo. If you ever do anything in England, I
2: want a cameo. Sounds
1: good, Ian. That, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like you want to, I guess the best way to understand is almost, like you said, becoming obsessed with what's already happening right here, what's not been done. It's It's the same yeah. as, you know, again, using advertising is, is picking the the niche product that everyone's going to suddenly follow because it's not been created yet. I guess maybe that will come from you coming back and spending a bit of time here. You can set up a little yeah, tourist yeah. shop selling your vests and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you
2: know, With, um, yeah, the, the a big I'm a big cliche
0: yeah. I think we yeah. we see in a lot of Indian movies as well as yours is the um, and I hate to call your movie cliche, but the the parenting the parenting in India and and the the idea that you have to either be a doctor or an engineer, engineer I think yeah. it is in your movie. Yeah what what's what's been the process
2: of your parents adopting um your career aspirations so you know my parents were always worried about me because i was an eccentric character and i always had problem with you know authority and you know and and i always i was a, i was a very troublesome child in school and college and when i went to the, when I went up to the uk i just i just kept lying to them yeah mom everything is fine you know these white people love me and you know they worship me they <laughs> think <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, but I, I had a good time in the UK. But the basic point is that every parent comes from, it comes from love, right? So uh, it took me a while to get this because I always had friction with my parents. And it, it, it went on until I was 23 or 24, this friction, where they want me to take a stable job. Like, I studied advertising. My dad kept asking me, why aren't you working in advertising? Because I think you will do fairly well or you'll at least be stable there, right? Rather than, you know, every day you have to sell for your supper. Literally, like, being a movie maker, you have to sell for your supper. You know the word sing for your supper? I don't sing for my supper because I can't sing, but I sell for my supper, right? Because that's what you have to do, <laughs> right? Uh, so I, I, when I was 24, I started treating my parents like investors. Okay, so if you ask yourself, what are your parents? They are biggest investors. They produced you, right? They have you know, they've, they've provided for you, right? And you've got to convey confidence to them. So I started communicating with them. I think that's one thing, especially in India, we lack. Lack of communication. Uh, I think across the world, right, I think parents worry, you just got to communicate with them. Tell them what you're doing. Tell them the best scenario and the worst scenario and just keep them posted and convey confidence to them. And now life is good. You know, now, now, now they know that this guy will, you know, like, he'll, he'll stay his course, you know. And, and be Please. very honest with them. Like, you know, don't, don't just project success to them. Project failure to them. Tell them the best case scenario, the average mm-hmm. scenario, and the worst case scenario. And uh, it's just being. Think of it as an enterprise. You know, think of it, mm-hmm. think of your life as a company, and you're the CEO of it, right? And your parents, your friends, mm-hmm. uh, your, your your social ecosystem—they are your stakeholders. And mm-hmm. and and get cheerleaders, right? Like I'll tell you what—if I walk into an office, right, and I don't know anyone there, even the receptionist will vouch for me, you know. And and that's something you got to do. You got to do that, you know. And I'm I'm not saying chatter up or something. Like if she if you fancy her, do that. But uh, I'm just saying just. Convince her about your vision. Like, I've picked up the phone and I've called companies, mm-hmm. big companies, right? And I've I've closed, like, you know, imagine we sold to airlines. Like, I, I didn't know anyone in the business. I was a total outsider. <laughs> I pick up the phone, I call up the reception, and my first point of contact is the receptionist. And I have to convince her or him sitting there that you know, this is who I am and this is what I'm making. Please connect me to your boss. Trust me, you won't regret it. Nor will he regret it. He'll he'll give you a tap on the back. He'll give you a pat on the back, <laughs> you know? And, and, and <laughs> yeah. So love that's how you do it, you know.
1: I'm really, I love that. I love the energy because you know it's funny. I've not heard of that kind of energy for a long time. We're all we're so we're so prudish here. It's how I my job started in recruitment, and the same thing was that it's like convincing the gatekeeper and that kind of stuff. You don't hear of it anymore. You don't hear of this kind of attitude, the salesman attitude. I love it, and, and I didn't think I'd see it in film because film can get stuck up its own ass, right? It's you really, you rarely really see it. You want me like an, an Ari Goldberg sort of thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's a good character very good very inspiring character I mean you know Del Boy what is Del Boy all about Del Boy's about hope he you know, he has his one dream of being rich right and he's at it if you look at it he does it with a lot of purity right and, and we yeah. you know the, the, you vouch for him because you see him failing and you know deep down you want him to succeed because he genuinely wants to be rich and he doesn't yeah. want to harm anyone right so I think you, I think if you're, if, you're, if you're genuine in your approach and your pitches you, you, should, you shouldn't be a sleazy salesman don't be transactional right like give back like you know, the next time you go to the company and the receptionist is there maybe take a, a box of brownies you know or maybe the, like sometimes i call up companies and the reception there's no receptionist there's a security guard you know which is like an outsourced company and the security guard is sitting there and he probably does not speak english so i have to communicate to him in his language Right. Yeah. And I told him, like, I call up a company and I'm like, you know, I'm making a picture, is a lift boy, and he's a security guard. So he related to the concept. He related. To, he's like, oh Ivan, I have a son. Ah. I spoke to him for five minutes, you know, and then he gave me the boss's number and email ID. And he's like, you know what, I've taken your message down also, when the boss comes in tomorrow morning, I will share the message with her, and you call up after two o'clock. I love So that. So, you know, I think you've got to get people to vouch for you, and that, that's how... See, my, my journey at the filmmaking started with one movie called Rocky, right? And uh, I, I watched Rocky for the first time, you know, I just watched the last bit and he lost the fight, but everyone was cheering for him, right? Mm. And I'm like, okay, what is this? The next day again, I, went, I go back, I watched the entire film and I, and I fell in love with movie making. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I was 10 years old at that point and I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I'm going to make movies. But I realized one thing, even Rocky, you kind of vouch for the guy because he's sincere, he's pure, you know, and he's, he's a bit naive all he wanted was a chance to he had that one to 1 million chance you know he had a, a shot of a lifetime and he sincerely and genuinely wanted to win the title that's it you know and mm. and and that's why you vouch for the guy so you got to be like that you, know, you got to make you got to get people to vouch for you
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of learnings in this and more than i thought i would be taken away from just someone that's made a brilliant film i think like this is that this happens in business as well and and Ian and yeah. I always chat linkedin we're always on linkedin looking at different people writing statuses and i think the minute someone goes from launching a startup being really open about the struggle they're going through to get off the ground there's this weird shift that happens right where they go from the, the the underdog, you know, sort of yeah. sparky startup that everyone wants to do yeah. well to then yeah. speaking from a voice of authority. And the minute yeah. they start speaking from the voice of authority, people, particularly in England, go, fuck off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think it, it's, it's really quick. And I think you have to maintain somehow, yeah. and yeah. I, it's, I guess it's the million dollar question, you have to maintain the... Authentic authenticity and, and actually almost the vulnerability of of where you are as a leader. Because yeah, like yeah. you're saying, even with this next film. You're saying I mean, it's the same again. You know, you're back to Delgoy. Trust to me. It.
2: Yeah, back <laughs> to square one. You know, it's back to ground up. And I really have no clue. If you ask me, Jonathan, will the next one be successful? I have no fucking clue, to be honest. And trust me, no one knows, right? You go to Bill Gates and you ask him, Microsoft's launching a new product. Is it going to be successful? They have the best marketing team, best R&D. And trust me, they have no fucking clue. If they tell you yes, they know, they are lying. Okay? And I, even uh,
0: uh, Money Heist, uh, so apparently so. that Money Heist Series 1 actually flopped in Spain. And it was only until it got onto Netflix. Yeah that it blew up, which is crazy. You yeah. think how successful that series is, but yeah, now the yeah. budgets are like, you know, the it's, budget's it's better than me. Yeah, they're they're yeah, extravagant now. Yeah. But the first series was actually yeah. really low budget and it flopped yeah. in Spain. Yeah.
2: And so see, you no just one knows. never knows. No one knows, Ian. So the, all we can do is be true to your cause. Like if you're doing a company, if you're in recruitment, Ollie, right? And you're mm. confident about a candidate, do whatever it takes to get that candidate placed, right? Even if the CEO of a company says no, just say, you know what, hear him out. Give this guy a shot. Mm. Meet him for half an hour. If you don't like him, you won't hear back from me again. Right, and, and it's just that just be authentic. Have your, you know, don't, don't follow a sales script. I see a lot of people following sales scripts, and you know, it's, it's fine, you know, because you have a structure and a flow. Sometimes you have exactly one minute to convince a person, but also you be authentic, just be yourself, you know, just, just voice yourself. And sometimes you will face slack for that. I mean, I've, you know, I've got a lot of slack for that myself. I'm, but but it's fine, you know. Like, they eventually come back and say, hey, John, you know, let's do business together. Let's do something together. What's your next firm? In fact, one guy who gave me a lot of grief at the start of the journey when I was trying to pitch to him, you know, he was cold. He wasn't, like, opening up, you know. And he's an amazing distributor based in Singapore. Thomas Chia, amazing guy. He didn't he didn't, he didn't didn't open up to me. He didn't, like... He's like, I don't talk to filmmakers. I only talk to a sales agent. If you have a sales agent, only them will I talk to. That to not an Indian sales agent. I want a foreign sales agent. So he'll only talk to white sales agents, not... Indian sales agents because Indian sales agents are manipulative and slimy and they they, they, they you mm. know, mixed up. They say something, they do something. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm generalizing here. Generally, sales agents are this, but he doesn't like. Yeah, he's yeah. had bad experience with Indian sales agents and Indian producers. And today, we have a one-to-one relationship. He's the guy who did, who distributed uh, City of God in Singapore. He's distributed oh, uh, wow. the, the Daniel Radcliffe films. He's distributed uh, a recent, um, the, the Beautiful Boy by Amazon Studios. He's distributing a Russo Brothers film now. Amazing, very influential distributor in the circuit. And now he's one of my best friends. And we wow. talk on WhatsApp every every alternate day. And he's the one who recommended my film to Taiwan. You know, I didn't give up. I'm like, listen, Thomas, I've come to this bazaar. I've gone to a market, of, uh, you know, like how you have conferences, right? So mm-hmm. I've gone for a film conference for a film market where it's like a trade show. And he was there. And I'd gone for two buyers. I'd gone for Nasreen Muni Kabir, the lady who, the, 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 a boss of Channel Four, the the, the programming, the, the person who programs for Channel Four, uh, she she was there the market and i had gone for Thomas G. I had gone for two people, okay, and in that in that market there are about three hundred or four hundred buyers, right? I didn't give a fuck about anyone. I was very focused. These are the two people I want. And when I leave here, I'm going to go with them. Uh, I I kept on emailing Nasreen. I kept on, and you know she never responded to my emails, and but I I, I kept it professional and polite and courteous. And randomly, you know, at the end of the day at the market, you get reports, you know, as to who has seen your film. Because there's a viewing room. And she saw my film. And I'm like, I'm not going to email her. My job is done. She's seen the film. Next day, I get an email from her saying, hey, Jonathan, can you please come and find me? And uh, I didn't see the email because I was roaming around aimlessly at the market just enjoying the sun and, you know, having a beer. And <laughs> uh, for the Greg's. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, this, this was in Goa in Mumbai. And then she comes and she says, hey Jonathan you know, I've been looking for you and two three guys goes, hey, Jonathan Aswin Munika B has been looking for you so I, I and she she comes and she finds me and she said Jonathan I love your movie I would love to pick it up for Channel Four you know so wow. so I think be sincere be honest right, right with Thomas with Thomas Chia the, it's, it's a four day market first day no interaction. I mean I interacted with him he gave me the cold shoulder second day cold shoulder third day cold shoulder fourth day he opened up you know no, really? he's like yeah I Jonathan love man, what do you, what do you want I'm like Thomas I want to just you know, be in your ecosystem and I would love to have you distribute my film because he was the distributor in a movie called The Lunchbox, an Indian movie that did very well worldwide. Mm. And he's the one who recommended my film to Taiwan. And the Taiwan distributor is a friend of his and we got talking and then he endorsed the movie to Taiwan. And that's how it got picked up. Likewise, for wow. South Korea, we have some deals in place. But again, because of Thomas. So it's important that you find these people to vouch for you. And sometimes mm-hmm. these people will be cold, right? Because they're cold because they don't know you right and they don't owe you anything right and you want to you want to work with them you want to associate with them right and you're and you're an outsider so just be honest and be sincere don't 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 you know just make 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 sure you're honest with your pitch from day one right mm. and uh, I love that. be sincere to the cause that's how you kind of get your tribe because your vibe attracts your tribe so that's important if you're if you're you know if you're a bit jinxed with your pitch and your proposition and who you are your ethos then yeah, you, you know you'll be wandering around all the time so, that's so yeah. good
1: It's yours. I'm, I'm so glad we had this call I, I mean uh, I've just been to this book The Alchemist it really ties in yeah. so well to everything you're talking about I, I'll, and actually I'd really recommend anybody to go and read that because it's, it, it, it's, it, it really yeah. yeah. it's it's a lovely book I read
0: that book yeah that book's amazing it's definitely The Secret is ripped that book off completely because I'm sure that yeah, in is in pretty a, much it, The Secret yeah. before yeah. The Secret became sure. the secret in a, a so. really
1: transactional yeah. American way <laughs> it's been ripped yeah. off well, look, Jonathan, I, I want to ask you one, one quick stock question from our yeah, wonderful... Uh, this is what, I don't know, episode... I think we're nearly on 40 episodes now. And we've asked this question. We've had a variety of different answers. You can either answer it in one word yeah. or 20 million. Yeah. Um, but the question is, if you were to have a megaphone and a room full of people that are the age of around 21, mm. what would you say to that room of people? <clears throat>
2: I think two words, fail forward. That's it. Two words, fail forward. That's all they need to know, you know, because failure is inevitable. You know, Ian and Ollie, trust me, this entire journey has been constant failure, you know, falling flat on me. See, I, I'm telling you all the good parts of the journey. If you were with me and, you know, catching a camera, and it, it would be like Del Boy. It would be Del Boy. <laughs> every day would be like Del Boy. Constant failure and utter misery you know, and then indulging in total <laughs> debauchery at the end of the day.
1: One uh, day we'll get millions of views on Netflix, <laughs> <Rollies>. <laughs> You know? So, yeah, so that, that's, that,
2: love that's that, the man. reality of it.
1: Well, look, thank you. That, that That's why this podcast is called The Dog Days, right? It's about celebrating the hardships that, that can lead hardships, to the, yeah. the wonderful success yeah. that you've achieved. And trust
2: me, like, if you have this chat after the next movie, I'm going to tell you the same thing again and again, but the hardships will be different. There will be hardships, there will be failure, but it'll be different, you know? So well I, I can't that, wait yeah. may,
1: maybe yeah. what a year a year and a half time from now we'll be checking back yeah. in with each other and we're hearing some bizarre failures
0: who
2: knows you might have in China
0: <laughs> Bo- post-Covid for a beer it'd be good to go for a, a cheeky pint well I'm actually I'm actually, UK UK
1: actually gonna I'm flying out to Mumbai at some point to take my brother yeah. or to go meet me anyway so hopefully
2: let's catch, up, this you know, is. Let's catch yeah? up yeah I'd please. love to do that Let's awesome. go for a nice well, look, British bender. John, old school British bender. So you'll end up
0: you'll end up convincing him to set up a uh, a company in India. I can just say it now. One hundred percent
2: I'll tell you what, the recruitment market is not that great in India, but the fact that you're white, Oli, you know, I think yeah. you'll rock in India, you know, yeah, yeah. Because in, 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 in India might be a brown man it? with a white name. <laughs>
1: I'm white <laughs> hello I'm so, white nothing else literally nothing so, else I'm just white so, it.
2: <laughs> in India when I send out emails I, I, the, at the bottom I mention brown man with a white name so just to clarify it, so that you know, no one's confused <laughs> you know, I, you know
1: yeah. that's good branding that that's cl- classic Johnny Brands well look mate this has been so nice thank you so much I'm no, um, going no, and, you, and, and record here but it's been a pleasure meeting you now
0: thank you Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, at the Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.